0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Central Wired podcast, and thanks for listening in. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwired.com or on Facebook and Instagram. We hope this week's message meets you right where you're at. Enjoy. Hey, you guys are stinking awesome. I love you. I love this church. If um, you're newer here, we're delighted to have you with us. I'm the pastor for 38 stinking years, and it's been a ride. Yeah. Praise God. Hey, I want us while you're clapping, uh, would you give a a warm, excited welcome to our campus in Janesville. They're joining us on the other side of the camera. We love you guys. We thank God for you. And those of you that are with us online, um, we hope you get well. We're glad you're with us. We thank God for you. Hey, here's the deal. Have you ever wanted to have like a, a, a long heart-to-heart conversation with Jesus? And maybe you're like, oh, yeah, I got some questions I want to ask him. He, dude, he will put you at the back of the line with that kind of attitude. No, know, but if you've ever wanted, you know, here's the wild thing. Jesus wants to have a long heart-to-heart with you, and um, and that fact is one of the reasons we want you to come back next week. We we believe how many of you have seen the first episode of the third season of Stranger Things? Have you seen it yet? You're my new best friends. I love you guys. I love you anyway. But next week, come back next week. Um, we're going to begin a, a new teaching series based on Stranger Things called The Upside Down. Won't want to miss. A weekend. God will speak, and He wants to speak tonight. Maybe you think, you know, this week, next week, why would God want to talk to me? I've disqualified myself for, from being able to have any kind of conversation with God. I mean, I've done some things, things I'm ashamed of, things I wish I could take back, but they probably put me in a bad place with God. Maybe the best news I can give you this evening is that there's nothing you've done that would remove you from God's longing for you. Maybe saying, you know, David, I am a hot mess. Um, God is irresistibly drawn to your brokenness and your glaring imperfections. It's one of the reasons why Jesus came, not just to die for our sins, but to live a perfect life so that his perfection could become our perfection. I'm a mess. I have glaring weaknesses and embarrassing flaws and imperfections. But when I surrendered my life to Jesus, I received His perfection. It was good. He took my imperfection and right? gave me His perfection. That's how God sees me. That's how God sees you if you've surrendered your life to Jesus. Um, I, I want to do you a big favor tonight. I want to give you a few life hacks. You know what a life hack is? Let me give you a quick definition. You know how uh, computer experts hack? Um, Hacking is like creating shortcuts and easier ways uh, of solving technical problems, making them more efficient, more effective. Well, a life hack, that does the same thing in life. A life hack is a unique insight for helping your life, for making your life Uh, better. So, here we go. Life hack number one. Jesus has drawn you here today in Janesville at our campus there, has drawn you to come and join us online, has drawn you into this room. Jesus has drawn you here today because Jesus is drawn to you. Isn't that wild? And you're like, you know, drawn to my mess, drawn to my brokenness, drawn to... Knowing what I've done wrong, he's drawn to me absolutely. This is life hack number two. Jesus is intensely attracted, intensely. He finds your messy life, your messy self, absolutely irresistible. Now, I want to teach this by taking you (laughs) into a story where Jesus is a stalker. I love this story. I want to be a stalker. Okay, here's the story. The story is about... A woman to whom Jesus is irresistibly drawn. He wants to be with her. He wants to be in her presence. And she is like the ultimate loser. She's an anonymous woman. We don't even know her name. She's an anonymous nobody who lives nowhere, has nothing. I mean, worse than has nothing. She has a reputation. Terrible, terrible reputation as damaged goods. And she's 30 miles from Jesus. And he knows, because he is fully God, he knows exactly where she's going to be at the exact time, and he's going to be there. Now, because Jesus is fully human, did you know that about Jesus? He was absolutely fully God in the flesh and absolutely fully human at the same time. Now, he knows at noon she's going to show up at a public well outside her community, the community of Sychar in Samaria, the next noonday. And he's going to meet her there. So he's up in the wee hours of the morning. He gets his disciples up to follow him. And then, man, he just takes off. They're kind of sleepy eyed. They're pulling egg muffins out of their pockets to eat on the way. One guy's got Pop-Tarts. And uh, they can't keep up with him. Jesus is motoring. He's a man on the move, a man with a mission. And he just drives himself. He's got to cover 30 miles by noon. And when he gets to this public well, about a quarter of a mile outside the town, a cluster of houses called Sychar. I mean, here's the wild thing. He has crossed into enemy territory. It's Samaria. He's a Jew. His followers are Jews. Jews hate Samaritans. Except for one Jew. (laughs) Jesus doesn't hate Samaritans. He's going there to, he's going there. Oh my gosh, talk about having a conversation with Jesus. You are about to listen in on the longest recorded conversation Jesus has with anyone. And it just happens to be a woman and it just happens to be someone of another race and it just happens to be someone with really mixed up religious ideas. But Jesus is gonna walk 30 miles. I mean, he absolutely exhausts himself to get to her just as if he just as he will pay any price make any sacrifice fight any fight bear any burden to get to you in your moment of need get get to you whether you have a need or not, just to love you and reveal himself. You know what? This woman, this wrong race woman, this wrong gender woman, this wrong religion woman, she is going to be the very first person on the planet to whom Jesus will reveal himself. Now, if we could fly a drone from Jerusalem over the countryside over Samaria, over the village of Sychar, we see this little well in the distance, about a quarter mile out of town, and we see booking it along a trail, Jesus and 12 followers, and he is just speedwalking to get to this woman. Here's how the Bible tells the story, John 4. So Jesus came to Sychar, a Samaritan. Say Samaritan. Samaritan. Yeah. yeah, to Jews. They're the wrong religion. We hate these guys. They're a bunch of, in their minds, half-breeds. They're a bunch of pagan worshipers, Samaritans. When, when the first readers of John read that word, they would be like, no way, no way any self-respecting uh, Jew would ever step foot in Samaria. And if he did, he would bang the dirt off of his sandals. And if any dust flew up on him, he would, he would send those clothes to the cleaners. Jesus, after this 30-mile hike, 30 mile hike, Jesus, worn out by the track, sat down in the shade of the well. It was noon. Now, the guys, his followers, they take off for town to find a McDonald's with a drive through. And as they walk up that quarter mile dirt path to town, um, they, they won't step aside. They make the woman step aside. She has to come off the path. She has to avert her gaze. She has to look down, hoping they won't abuse her, hoping they won't demean her. Now, to tell you the truth, this is crazy sad, seeing this woman come to the well at noon. Because nobody in their right mind would go to the public well at noon when the sun is at its highest, when the sun is at its hottest. I mean, women went to the well every day. It was the social event of the day. They gossiped. They sang. They told jokes. They laughed. But if this woman would show up early morning, that's when they would come. The day was fresh and new and cool and pleasant. If she showed up, she would be the target. She would be the butt of every joke. She'd be the target of every unkind, hurtful word. The kids would even throw sticks and clods of manure at her. So better to endure the heat at the middle of the day than the hatred early in the day. Here's the story from the Word of God. A woman, say "Woman." woman. Yeah. They were considered less than a dog. They were considered a piece of property. A husband would not speak to his wife in public. I believe this is why Jesus, we find him always elevating women to places of honor. This woman will be the first human being on the planet to whom Jesus reveals himself as God. A woman, a Samaritan, wrong race, wrong religion, wrong color of skin, came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, now, normally, any other man, any other Jewish man, would get up out of the shade, get as far from this woman as he possibly could, and might not even drink from the same well. She'd. But you know what Jesus does? Jesus, Jesus is saying this: "May I have a drink from your cup?" And then all, all the years we would go to Haiti and build friendships with people there, the friendship was sealed. Once you pulled out your American water jar and took a big drink in the heat of the day and offered a drink to them, and they drank from your... That's what Jesus is asking this woman. May I drink from your cup? Jesus said, would you give me a drink of water from your personal cup? The Samaritan woman's taken aback and asked, how come you, a Jew, and probably spits... <laughs> I probably shouldn't do that. It's not paid for. How come you, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? You see, Jews in those days would not be caught dead talking to Samaritans. So, here's life hack number three. When we're at our worst, Jesus offers us his best. What's true, what was unfolding truly for her is absolutely true for us. Jesus has drawn you to our Janesville campus Today. G- Jesus has drawn you to your device today. Jesus has drawn you into this room. He's drawn you. And wants you to know, I mean, if you're at your worst right now, if, if you're going through the worst season of your life, he wants to offer you his best. He wants to bring you through this season as his best version of you, not your mama's best version of you, not your boyfriend's best version of you, not your boss's best version of you. Jesus wants you to bring, th- bring you through this season That's his best version of you. If you are not going through your worst season, you will. And just know this, in those moments when it just feels as painful and discouraging and anxiety-filled as possible, Jesus is going to offer you his best, his absolute best. Here's what Jesus says to her. Jesus said, if you knew, you know, he's not just talking to her. His words are reverberating down through the corridors of time to you from that dusty Samaritan village that well. He's talking to you right now in this beautiful place. If you knew the generosity of God and who it is, if you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would ask me for a drink. And I would give it to you. Fresh, living water. Um. Well, that takes her breath. No one has ever talked to her with such dignity and respect. No one has made her any kind of, well, she's had some offers made. But not an offer like this. An offer that could potentially, absolutely forever change her life. If You mean I wouldn't have to come back to this well day after day at noon and lug this jar of water back to my home? For washing dishes and washing my body and washing my clothes? But the struggle is, this woman and me and you, we all have a long history of drinking from the wrong well, wells that don't satisfy. We think, you know, if I just get the right job, if I'm in the right relationship, if we could just have children, if I'm making the right amount of money, if we live in the right kind of house, if I'm driving the right kind of car and And it never, never, never satisfies. We always come up empty, 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 empty. In fact, God calls us out. God just gets straight with us and calls us out on this one. Look at God's Word. God says, my people have committed two sins. They have Number one, they've forsaken me, the spring of living water. I satisfy. I deliver on my promises. I bring peace and hope and joy and love, things money cannot buy. But my people have dug their own cisterns broken that, cisterns that cannot hold water. But then everyone in this room, many of you watching online, folks in Janesville, you, you have this spiritual aha moment when you, when you think, you know what, it's, it's not about all that, those empty, broken wells that never deliver. It's Jesus. It's his best. It's what he wants to offer. It's his faithfulness to deliver every time. And the woman, she's, she's kind of offended at Jesus. I mean, she goes from, hmm, maybe this might be a good deal to not buying it. And she says this to him. She says, you don't even have a bucket. And if this is some kind of line, dude, you better get some new material. You don't even have a bucket to draw with, and this well is deep. So how are you going to get this Living water. You see, in that day, living water, this well, Jacob's well, it's still there. And it's connected to an underground river. Now, it's a deep well. So they would have to lower bucket, rope, 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 down, 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 until they got through all the lukewarm water at the top, until it hit that river at the bottom. And then, man, that, the current in that river would give a strong tug to your bucket. And because of that movement, because of its strength, because it pulled against you, it was called living water. this lady's like, hey, you don't even have a bucket. How are you going to get way, 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 way down there and hold on tight for that living water and bring it up? Here's what Jesus says. Everyone, say everyone. Yeah, this is huge. Jesus picks his words with incredible care. Everyone, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again. And again, and again, anyone, say anyone. Yeah, this woman can be anyone. I can be anyone. You can be anyone. Everyone drinks from the wrong wells. I have, you have, she was, but Jesus, anyone. Dave Clark, you can. Central Christian, you can. Janesville, you can. Anyone, anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst. Not ever. The water I give will be a a fresh, bubbling spring within them, fountains of endless life. Anybody ever been to the Bellagio in Las Vegas? Anybody? Okay. It's like having the Bellagio fountains on the inside, gushing with joy, gushing with peace, gushing with hope, gushing with love. The rest of you ought to get out more. Um. So um, she's tempted. And maybe for the first time in this conversation, um, she longs for what it sounds like he's offering. So here's what she says. She said, "Sir, give me this water, so I won't get thirsty. I won't have to come back to this well again." Now, that would be a great stress reliever for me. That that would make my life more comfortable. That would be really convenient if I never, if you would be so kind, and I would never have to come back, if you could show me this trick. But I want, uh, 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 Jesus is not into making our lives less stressful. Have you ever noticed that when you pray for less stress, you get more? Because he's trying to make you into something. He's not into making life more convenient or comfortable. He's trying to shape you into his own likeness and draw you to himself. And so Jesus says to her, go call your husband and come back. Count the words of the sentence. Go call your husband and come back. Seven words. Now, when... Jesus encounters this woman, her first response to this, she presumably, one more annoying man, she says eight words. That's it. That's all she's going to give him. He he shows her dignity and respect, and so her second response is 14 words, and then And then she starts to get a little vulnerable with him because he gets vulnerable with her and she says 42 words. Her third response to Jesus is that she just starts talking and 42 words fall out of her mouth. But look, look what she says here, four words. I have no husband. And Jesus just reads her life for her. Jesus says, um, you're right. When you say you have no husband, the fact is that you've had five husbands. And the man you now have is, is not your husband. And so just, just to be clear, for my study of primid, primitive pagan culture, this, this woman is not like the town floozy. Her struggle is with, I believe, infertility. She falls in love with a man. He falls in love with her. They get married, but she can't get pregnant. So he kicks her out. I'm done with you. You're a good cook, you clean the house, everything, love your personality, but if you can't give me a baby, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you, away with you, and her clothes go out in the street. Well, this happens to her five times. Those words are just scorched across her soul. If you can't produce, if you're a non-producer, you're a non-person. She gets thrown out five times by five different men, And so word on the street is obviously it's not the man's problem. She's had five of them. And now the man's, Because she, A woman in that culture, she was completely unprotected. There would be no way to provide for herself. And so a man takes her in, but he won't marry her. He won't give her his name. He'll only take her to his, his bed. And, um, and, and this is life hack number four. Jesus cares enough to lovingly confront each of us. But Jesus refuses to condemn. Isn't that wild? I mean, there have been times in my life when I knew I willfully did the wrong thing. And in the moment, Jesus, with loving kindness, made me aware of how hurtful the word I said, of how hateful the thing I did how gross I was. He did it with loving kindness because loving kindness is, is what causes us to turn our hearts to God and to be willing to walk away from that kind of talk and that kind of action. And... But Jesus never in my life, never. Now, I've condemned myself. I'm really, if, if there was a, an event in the Olympics for self-condemnation, I'd get a gold medal. I've had other people condemn me. Mostly Packer fans. Just kidding. But Jesus, look what the word of God says. You know how this scripture opens? This scripture opens this way. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him would never die, but, but, but would have everlasting life. God did not send, God did not go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling people how bad they are. We already know how bad we are. He came to help people get right with God. Anyone, say anyone. Anyone who trusts in Jesus is not condemned. Now, hey, I'll just be real with you. If you have not surrendered your life to Jesus, there is an evil adversary, Satan, who spends all his time condemning you, condemning you, condemning you. Well, this moment when Jesus shows her dignity, shows her respect, shows her how highly valued she is, he's not a man who runs away. He's a man who draws her closer. And in the drawing shows that she is highly favored and deeply loved. And it cracks open her soul for spiritual things. She says this, sir, I, I, I can see that you're not just another annoying man. You, you are a prophet of God. Now, this is why Jesus walked, did a 30-mile exhausting hike. This is the moment he was looking forward to. This is what he was hoping would happen, that she would just crack her soul. This is why. what he's hoping about you today, hoping for folks in Janesville, that somebody there would just crack open their souls, that someone watching online would, in this moment, in your living room, you just crack open your soul. In your bedroom, crack open your soul. In this room, crack open your soul. And look what Jesus says. Woman. Now that may not seem like much to you, but this is the term of endearment that just two chapters earlier in John, Jesus used of his own mom. When he addressed his mom in public, he said, Dear woman. It's like, in parentheses, I love you. Dear woman, I love you. Believe me. A time is coming and now has come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, I don't, I don't have another life hack here, but I wish, i tell you what happened to me. Fourth of July, I'm writing this message like a nut job, typing it out, and I lose all my work. Yeah, because... Computers are possessed by. I called the Catholic priest to cast it out. Lost all my work. So I don't have a life hack five, but here's what it would be. Jesus is pointing this woman to the Father. It's not about me being some kind of prophet. The Father is the source of all healing hope. This water I'm offering you, it's His water, and it cures It heals the hurt. It's restorative. It will restore you to God's best version of you. It saves. It will save you from the most vile, shameful sin. It will cleanse you of all guilt and shame. So life hack number five would be the Father is the source Of all hope and help and healing and joy and love and peace. But get this, life hack number six would be that worship is the path to God's love and joy and peace and hope and love. So when you come, it's not just about singing songs. It's about opening your hearts. And that's what Jesus is sending. us. Don't just crack uh, your heart open for a little spiritual conversation. Throw open your whole heart to worship God with everything. And when you do, you find yourself on the path to God's peace and God's hope. You don't get there except through worship. It's the Father's. And you find him, his love, his peace, his joy, his hope through worship. And now this woman, um, I I just wonder if there, there are tears coming down her cheeks, and um, and I'm I'm gonna guess there's tears coming down the cheeks of Jesus. He'd been dreaming about this conversation. Who am I gonna reveal myself to? I'm gonna elevate a woman. I'm gonna honor a woman. I'm gonna cross racial lines. I'm going to die so that everybody is the same color, blood red of the cross. Here's what she says to him. She says, I know the Christ is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Isn't that wild? (laughs) She's talking to the Christ, and she said, I know he's coming. You see, Jesus didn't have a Facebook page or a website or an Instagram account. She had no way of knowing who this man was from any other man. And in this moment, this is the big deal moment, I mean angels are on their tiptoes and God the Father leans forward on his throne and the Holy Spirit hovers over this holy encounter at the well and Jesus declares, I, the one speaking to you, I am. Now, if you read the English version of your Bible, it might add the pronoun he, but that's not in the Greek and it's not in the Hebrew, and Jesus didn't speak English anyway. I am in Hebrew is Yahweh, God's name, the name God gave Himself and said, This is the name by which I will be remembered forever. I am. In the Greek, it's ego, a me. In any language, it means Jesus is claiming, I am God. I am Christ, the anointed one who's come to rescue, deliver, and save. It pierced her heart. Now, typically, when our hearts are pierced, the first thing to leak out is joy. In life. But this is a healing piercing that happens anytime we surrender to Jesus. It's a restorative piercing. And so we don't leak, we are filled, rooted, and established in love. I pray that you will grasp the the height and the depth and the length and the breadth of the love of Christ for you and be filled to the full with the fullness of God. All of his love, all of his hope, all of his peace, all of his joy. All that is him. So she loses her mind. (laughs) She forgets why she'd walked out there at noon. Look what happens. Leaving her water jar. That's why she had come. She forgets about her thirst. She forgets about her dirty laundry, her dirty dishes in the sink. She forgets she needs a bath. She forgets she needs a drink. Leaving her water jar, she's found Jesus, and he beats it all. Leaving her water jar, the woman went back. I bet she wasn't shuffling her feet head down. On the way, uh, like she was on the way there, I I bet she's grabbed up her robe. And if I was Ray, I'd have worn a dress or something and danced for you. Um, Leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. He read my life. Could this be the Christ? I believe he is. And they came out of town and made their way to Jesus. You know what we would think would be stinking awesome if all of Beloit and Clinton and Orfordville and Footville and Roscoe and Rockton just showed up here? And everybody in Janesville showed up at our Janesville campus. And everybody in McChesney Park showed up at our McChesney Park campus. And every Hispanic person in town showed up at our Spanish speaking service. And every person in our inner city, white or black, showed up at our inner city campus. It's one of the reasons we're inviting Daryl Strawberry uh, to come and share his story of his relationship to Jesus and how he got rescued from empty, broken wells of drugs, alcohol and sex, and got rescued into abundant life, and abundant love, and abundant joy. We just want to see our town turn out for Jesus, and it's going to rest in the hands of people who are watching online, and people at our Janesville campus, and people in this room. So let's pray about it. If you'll stand with me, please. Our Father and our God, you are a faithful king. I know it's your heart's desire, Lord God, to see every heart in every home in this entire region turn out to worship you. And we're praying that by bringing Daryl Strawberry here as our guest, and we pray that you anoint him right now in the Holy Spirit, Lord. I know he's told his story on TV and all around the United States in great big churches, uh, but he's willing to come to an obscure place like Beloit, Wisconsin, tell his story here. And, Lord, we just pray that you would give each of us opportunities to pray for and to invite our friends and our family and our coworkers and our neighbors We want to see the town turn out for Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Just a reminder to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwire.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for being with us, and have a great week.